This is Karen with NewClevelandRadio.net, and it is time for What in the World with Paul Seaburn and his sidekick, John Danalo. And John, I hope you're not in mourning. You're wearing black instead of brown and orange, you know? I am, Karen, I am not in mourning at all, uh, but I'm just uh, getting ready for the snowstorm in Cleveland on Saturday. Oh which is the, the Browns play on Saturday against the New Orleans Saints and a snowstorm of significance is headed our way. So Wow. Uh, yeah. yeah. It, why, is, why is that? Because it's Christmas Eve. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, get your Christmas shopping done on thir- on Friday. So. Everything is going to be done right. Right. And even Friday is going to be dicey, but Saturday is going to be horrible. So uh, okay. let's, let's hope it's not Good as bad day. as Good day to stay in and listen to back editions of your, your favorite podcast, What in the World, with me, Paul Seaborn. Hey, everybody. You got it. That's good. <laughs> Before the show gets out of hand here, talking about sports, um, we, we have a segment for sports, which, like every normal newscast, is at the end. So, <laughs> Oh, sorry, forgot that. Anyways, what in the world with uh, with me, Paul Seaburn, uh, comes to you every week, every Tuesday at 3.30 Eastern Standard Time. Uh, it is Tuesday in Northeast Ohio, and as John Danalo has mentioned, um, we're getting ready for a big snowstorm. Beautiful day out today uh, in the uh, 30s, but uh, scheduled for snow this weekend and, and freezing cold temperatures. So uh, wear your hat, wear your Santa hat, as I have mine on today. Uh, I had to blow the dust off of it. It hadn't been worn in a year, so uh, <laughs> it up. <laughs> it, it's in my closet. My closet is the dusty one. The lovely Donna's closet is always perfectly clean. And uh, before before anyone gets any uh, misinterpretations there, she's a wonderful cleaner. <laughs> well, uh, how did I get up on this? So let's see. <laughs> also, on the in your ear or on the screen is our uh, media mogul Karen Hale, producer. Uh, co-host and all around uh, great person to have uh, on our side at What in the World. Um, check out nuclearradio.net, which is our platform. There, Karen has all kind of great podcasts there other than, besides other than, besides um, uh, What in the World. So please check them all out. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple. We're on all the great stuff. We're also on YouTube. So um, there's, there's information on how to get there. Uh, please uh, watch us on YouTube. I occasionally have some photos. In fact, we have some today that go along with the stories. So, um, uh, you know, get over there and take a look at the, at the photo. Uh, also, also on the show today is uh, John Danalo, our uh, uh, host of What in the World of Sports with John Danalo. Hi, John. Hey, Paul. Hey, Karen. And hey, audience. <laughs> yes, and John, John is celebrating the Browns did win this week. So we're hoping that uh, that that's a trend that that we can talk about for a long time, for for a few seconds. <laughs> what in the world? You can get all your Browns news someplace else. Uh, right. okay. Another Saturday victory for the Browns. Another Saturday. <laughs> That's true. It's a rarity. I hope it's not going to be a rarity anymore. So let's see. Uh, what do we got going here? I am the uh, head writer and um, and editor at mysteriousuniverse.org. I want to let everybody know about that. I have longer stories on at Mysterious Universe, which you can read more about the paranormal, about Bigfoot, um, uh, UFOs, aliens, weird science, space, things like that. Longer stories, 
uh, what we try to focus on with what in the world is more the fun news, uh, more unusual news. Some uh, uh, We give you a place to go for an hour every week where you're not hearing about politics or religion or you know, uh, you know business. You know What you're going to hear about at Christmas at dinner, um, you're not going <laughs> to get that here. <laughs> so what we are going to be talking about here, we got a great show lined up to, today. We've got the, this is our Christmas show. Our, I should say our holiday show. We'll, we'll be very inclusive for everybody who is uh, celebrating uh, whatever holidays they're celebrating at this time. It's our last podcast of 2022. We won't be on next week, uh, so you can uh, catch up on the, on the previous podcast, and we will be drowning in eggnog or something like that uh, <laughs> next week. <laughs> but today, what do we have today? We've got, oh, this is great. This is to prepare you for your Christmas parties. I've got cocktail trivia for your office party or for your your uh, family gathering so you can impress your friends with some uh, trivia about cocktails you you want to be ready for that uh the world's smartest toilet we're going to talk about that today uh you know may come in handy but if you if you're looking for a christmas gift you haven't bought for the person who has everything this might be the the gift for them uh, for John, a strange Bigfoot story out of Belgium. Where do you see this one? I have photos. Uh, also, for Karen, things you don't want to see in the gym. Uh, Karen is our oh, resident gym person. Uh, we also have uh, a hugging robot. Very interesting uh, little invention. Hugging robot. And uh, more odd news and trivia. John's got a great uh, holiday version of, um, of uh, a sport this week. And then we'll play everybody's favorite weird news game, Bluff the Co-host. So, real news, sometimes strange, always funny. That's our motto. Uh, we we try our best to uh, to do that. In the meantime, we always have a good time doing the show. So, we hope you do, too. So, let's get right to it. Let's do our time check here so we know where we're, what kind of schedule we're on. Okay, let's get started with this one. So, England has a new king. If you haven't, I you know, I hate to be the person to break the news to you. Queen Elizabeth died. Uh, it's been what, been what six months ago, I think. When are they going to make him official king? Aren't they supposed to have some kind of ceremony? And uh, right, there's a ceremony there, that takes place. My understanding doesn't right. he get a badge or a, you know a, a throne? There's too much conflict going on in the family, so no. Oh wow! Okay. No kidding. Oh boy. yeah. Don't worry. Well, well, we might mention it a little bit here. <laughs> Here's, I, I, well, I, typical I, family. <laughs> oh, exactly. You you got that right, Karen. So, so one of the things that happens when you become king of England or queen of England is your face gets put on the money, which you know. So you better have a nice face, um, which brings which brings us to King Charles. <laughs> now, they've already unveiled. The the, uh, the 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 pound notes that uh, with Charles's face on them, and I want to show you while we uh, while we talk about those. Let's see if we've got it here. Oh no, that's our that's our promo. Uh, there's the the lovely king. Um, oh, oh, he's a got, striking. That's kind of a striking photo of him, actually. Yeah, yeah, very distinguished, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. King Charles III. I don't know if it says that anywhere on the bill. So there's a five pound, a 10 pound, a 20 pound, and a 50 pound note. And they're labeled specimen because um, they, they're not officially out yet. They won't be out until 2024, which I thought was interesting. Wow. Yeah. The, the reason why, for if you're curious, 
it it takes that long to convert the printers to make the bills longer so that Charles's ears can fit on the bill. Oh, you know, look at how big they are. Come on now. <laughs> wow, that's a zinger. Wow. What did you, you know, the, the alternative uh, would be to have fold out bills so that you could fold to the left and to the right and have his ears um, on the fold outs. And you don't want that. So they're just making the bills bigger. So, um, his uh he fits on it so if you have the the queen elizabeth the second bills they're still good even when charles comes out with his theirs will uh, hers will still be good still be accepted however if you have if you happen to look at one of your bills and it has a picture of prince harry on it that's a counterfeit yeah that's a counterfeit in fact in, in fact in in england a bill with with Harry's picture on it is called "Not Worth a Chuck." Um, uh, so, uh, <laughs> okay, we'll take we'll get we'll take we'll give you that one, Paul. <laughs> Poor Harry, I don't think he's ever going to get on one of the. Uh, I, 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 he's not going to get on it. He might be on a most wanted list. That's about the oh, only, no. <laughs> only place where he's going to end up. And that's all we're going to say about that. You can watch that on uh, on Netflix. Well, you have to pay. What in the world is free? You got to pay for Netflix. I just want to point that out. We are free. There yes. you go. That's yeah, right. More ways than one. <laughs> <laughs> really? What other ways are we free, John? <laughs> leave it up to the audience's uh, interpretation on that. Let's let's leave it at that. <laughs> All right. Let's take Chucky down here for a minute here because I don't have any photos for a while here. Uh, okay. So this is this is uh, since we're in the Christmas Christmas spirit here. I've got my hat on. I've got my my uh, my alien. Christmas shirt on there. There we go. So uh, that means that uh, we're going to talk about something Christmassy. So this is, you know, you're you're at the Christmas party, office Christmas party. If you're still if you're still going into the office or family gatherings and maybe maybe in the neighborhood, and the conversation starts to lag and you want to pick it up, maybe with some interesting and unusual Christmas trivia. I've got it for you. This is it. So this is a little trivia to liven up your party. Now, I'm, I'm going to start the, the way I would start this conversation with, with we're going to pretend that Karen and John and, and all of you listening are at the party. So I would say, do you know what, what the origin of the word cocktail might be? Do either of you know? I'm no idea. Drink, of course, right? I do not. Okay, good. good. Well, I'm going to fill you in on it. This, is, this will help you out at your next trivia contest. So the, the word cocktail dates back to 1798 in London, England. 1798, London, England. Newspaper uh, had an article where it talks about the a practice known as gingering. Okay, so, you know, ginger ale, ginger ale, you, you think there, there, there must be a link. Turns out what gingering has to do with, which was described in the story, there was a man who was trying to sell an old horse. and he wanted the horse to look younger than it actually was. So what he did was he took a piece of ginger and he peeled it, and then he stuck it up the horse's butt. And what that did was it made the horse's tail stand up and swish back and forth, and it made the horse act a bit livelier than it normally does, which, which is very understandable with a piece of ginger up your butt. I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> Raw ginger. So the term 
for lifting your tail for, for when a horse lifts its tail when it's excited is called cocking the tail so oh. that's what the oh. gene did it made the horse cock his tail uh, it also made the horse say nay and and, and then nay f and way um because it wasn't didn't want any more ginger up its butt um and karen before you ask this does not work with old husbands so um oh. <laughs> in, okay. case you were, in case you were thinking that uh, oh gee this sounds like a good idea um and um i have a photo if you're interested no i don't i, mean, I don't even want to i don't want to gross anybody out i don't have a photo so 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 what does this have to do with drinks well bar owners found out that if you have an old bartender and you stick some ginger up his butt no that's not it either um (laughs) (laughs) now um there's an old drink i know my mom used to enjoy having one over the holidays called the highball and a highball is uh um ginger ale and whiskey that's pretty much the easiest drink in the world that there is besides beer um ginger was thought to add pep to a drink. So that was the original reason why bartenders back in the 1700s, 1800s, uh, especially when the water wasn't that pure and the whiskey wasn't that good, um, they would add some some peppiness to the drink by shaving some ginger or, or even putting a whole stick of ginger in the drink. Um, it, it works so well, and this is true. It works so well, a lot of people would drink um alcohol with ginger in it as a pick-me-up for breakfast um which wow. is yeah yeah which basically was uh, you know pick me up off the floor i gotta go to work um <laughs> yeah <laughs> the kind of pick me up that was but that's where the word the word cocktail comes from now how where, where the various cocktails originated uh is is stuff for another uh, another discussion. Um, YouTube is full. YouTube and um, and um, what's that other one? Wikipedia are full of stories about how cocktails got their origin. Look up "Sex on the Beach." That's always a good one. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there goes John. John just left the show. Uh, no, no. <laughs> I meant later, John. <laughs> good one, Paul. Good one. Okay. All right. So um, here's something else to talk about at the party. Uh, Kohler, the the <laughs> the. The, the people who make bathroom fixtures has come out with a new smart toilet. Um, so who knew that a toilet had to be smarter than it already is? Um, how smart is it, you may ask? Uh, how smart? <laughs> Karen, good. it's so smart, it has Alexa built into it. Alexa from, I forget who, is that Google's? Yeah, that's Google. Siri is the other one. Siri is Apple, I think. Yeah. So it has Google's yep. assistant, Alexa, built right into it. Um, so while you're sitting there, you can say, Alexa, do I have enough paper? Um, Alexa, tell me a moving story. Um, <laughs> oh, that was good. That was. <laughs> so this is so if you're interested in buying John, if you don't have something for your uh, for your your lovely wife and she might be interested, Kohler calls this the Kohler new me n-u-m-i kohler new me 2.0 smart toilet on sale now at um toilet stores near you that i guess that would retail people i don't know plumbing sources for eleven thousand five hundred dollars eleven thousand five hundred dollars now you may ask what 
What do I get for $11,500 besides a toilet and an Alexa, which I can already get on my phone or on, on my, my smart speaker? It has it has lots of LED lights and speakers for, for Alexa to talk to you. It has a bidet, which is, is becoming very popular these days. It has uh, ultraviolet lights for cleaning uh, the bidet, which apparently is is important, and it has control over the temperature, position, and pressure of the bidet, which apparently are are useful things to be able to do. Uh, obviously, I don't have a bidet. Um, <laughs> I have a garden hose through the window from outside. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> okay. It's a, it's a Polish. It's from my from my lovely wife. It's a Polish bidet. <laughs> <laughs> or, or for those who've been who've lived in Cleveland for over 50 years, it's a certain ethnic bidet. Um, anyways, um, what is what else does it do? Oh, it also um gets the 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 it there's a mister, not a missus, a mister, a water mister inside the bowl that sprays mist to reduce the, there was, there was a, a, a video making the rounds this week about all of the, uh, the, the, the residue that comes out of your toilet if you don't close the lid when you flush it. So this is to take care of that by spraying mist so that it all stays in the commode. I know, Karen, I know this is, but $11,500, you wanna get your money's worth. Uh, <laughs> hey, I would say. also- Friends of mine, friends of mine in Michigan, put in one of the self-cleaning toilets. Oh, really? And before my mother passed away, they had to invite my mother over to see their toilet. Wow. I'm not sure what was so exciting about it because when I saw it, it just looks like a toilet. But yeah, it cleans well, it itself. It didn't speak. I would be impressed with a toilet that speaks. This one also, sure. also, uh, you know, but wait, there's more. It also has auto flushing. It has auto deodorizing, <laughs> a heated seat, John, a heated oh, seat. Oh, yeah. That well, that's, a plus. that's a plus. That's going our on right friend, our, our friend of the show and an old friend of both of ours, Dan, down in South Carolina, um, he might still be in Cleveland if he had a heated seat on his toilet because you know how much he hates the cold weather. A heated seat. And this is the part that I like the best. Um, this almost closed the deal for me. An air dryer for your tush. Um, oh, so, nice. Yeah, 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 how about that? The lid also automatically opens and closes. So all of that, when you add all that up, um, $11,500 doesn't sound like that much. Uh, if this were a Popeil commercial. It's a drop could... in the toilet. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 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 if you act now, <laughs> we'll throw in. Oh, it also has an emergency backup flushing uh, sensor, um, which, <laughs> which, which is when Alexa says, oh, my God, did you just eat a Taco Bell? Um, <laughs> and that comes in handy. Um, so well, I think I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask it anyways. And I'll ask everybody out there. Would you spend $11,500 for a toilet with all of those features on it? John, how about you? I would not. <laughs> not even for the heated seat and the air dryer. Uh, the heated seat is is, is, a, is a plus, but overall, uh, I don't know. I would not. 
<laughs> I but heated seat. I just wait until somebody else uses it and then I run in real quick. Uh, Karen, how I about had a you? Problem. I had a problem paying two hundred and fifty dollars for a new toilet. Oh, you think you I'm going to spend, you know, thousands? No, That's I'll right. talk to myself. <laughs> oh, I get, oh, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> I'll talk to my, or, or better yet, to simulate it, record your voice on your phone, and then, and then Ooh. have your voice say, "Oh, you're looking lovely yeah. today, Karen." Um, you know, while you're, while you're, anyways, I'm not even going to say. Yeah, it. while uh, you're, while you're. <laughs> so, <laughs> so here's the thing that bothered me. You know, we're so security conscious uh, as a culture. We, you know, we, we think that people are watching us or, or machines are watching us everywhere. So now you're going to go into the bathroom and, and you're taking <laughs> Alexa, Alexa in there with you. Now, Alexa knows you're in the bathroom, which means Alexa knows that you're talking to her on one little smart toilet, which means that Alexa knows you're a sucker for buying stuff that's way too expensive. So she's going to start reading ads to you while you're sitting there. Did <laughs> you know, John, you know, you could get you could get a chainsaw for um only, you know, $15,000, but it it's connected to a drone and it will fly around the woods behind your house and <laughs> I don't know Paul, it sounds like you've created a monster here with this. What I would like, I heard what I think, and Karen, you hinted at this. I think that, that there should be a Roomba that comes in after you're all done with the smart toilet and let the Roomba clean clean everything up. Um, We're not I, talking about Roombas today because my Roomba is oh no. back in service. Oh, it is back in service. So it's not on Oh, yeah. It okay. doesn't like cleaning anymore. It, oh, oh, so it doesn't. Oh, it's back. It, it's being serviced. I get it. Being oh, it is on yeah. Oh, it, of course, it's in. It's it's. Oh, that's. I don't even. I won't bring that up. I know how much that costs. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would like for the Alexa to play music. You know, so people outside don't know what you're doing. Um, in fact, I I had I I, I tried to do that once uh, with a with uh, an Alexa speaker, but she kept playing Splish Splash, which defeats the whole purpose. <laughs> of why I wanted her in the first place. Um, though, anyway. Uh. All right, so John, so we'll move on. We're gonna move on for a second to, to John's favorite subject, which is Bigfoot. Uh, and regular listeners of the podcast know that John always wants to see nice, clear photos of Bigfoot. Well, I've got a nice, clear photo, two, in fact, John, two nice, clear okay. photos. I'm looking Bigfoot. forward to seeing it, Paul. Okay. Yeah. Now, now, Karen maybe re may remember we talked about this particular Bigfoot quite a while ago, if I'm not mistaken, maybe back when we first started in um, at, at Joe Max Donuts, a uh, good place to go for your Christmas donut selection, by the way. Um, so let's see. Let's see if I have a picture. So this this is um, uh, let me just put the picture up here for John, because I know he's just dying to see the Bigfoot. OK, there's Big Chuck over there. Um, here we go. OK, so this is. Uh, oh, my God. This is, this is a Bigfoot photo from Belgium. It's actually from Ghent, G-E-H-E-N-T. -E Maybe it's pronounced Ghent. I'm not sure. Ghent, Belgium. Uh, this particular Bigfoot was photographed at the Harry Malter Park in Ghent, Belgium. And for those of you who can't see it, it's huge. It's probably 20 feet tall. So that's unusually tall for a Bigfoot. And it also has extremely large... Um, 
an unusually shaped breast. Uh, torso, torso. As it were. <laughs> that they're 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 basically they're slides. This Bigfoot is a is a ride at the amusement park. If you yes. look behind it, there's a there up there, which is ginger in its butt. By the way, it's for climbing up <laughs> the top to the top of Bigfoot, and then choosing either the left breast or the right breast, where you can then slide down a slide to the ground and run around back again and and do it all over again. Um, it's called. It actually has a name. And if you haven't guessed it by now, it's called the Bigfoot nipple slide. So uh, (laughs) I'm not sure that that's the correct name for it because you really don't see any nipples. Do you, John? I don't know. He's analyzing it very closely. Well, I am analyzing it. And obviously, it's a clear photo, but it's not a live Bigfoot. Oh, oh, that's right. Wait, well, he is not alive. He first of all, he's not moving. Okay, clearly. It's and a she, by the way. It's a she. He's actually a stiff. I mean, he's yeah. really a stiff. Well, yeah, I'm just offering that. I just have well, I'm just you know, I, I, it, it 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 shouldn't be called a nipple Bigfoot, by the way, because you don't see any nipple. My idea would be to put a bucket on my head. And then go down the slide head first, so the bucket would look like the nipple when it came out, and that would <laughs> that's a, that's a little elaborate. Oh. to the floor. That's a little elaborate, Paul. Oh. <laughs> well, I think well, for for something like that, I think the show should provide me a trip to uh, to Belgium, um, and do a we could do a live performance there of me sliding down the Bigfoot nipple slide with a bucket on my head. Uh, you know, that sounds that. like a. Gr- it sounds like a great idea, Paul, but we yeah. need a sponsor first. Oh, we need a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe the bucket people would be a sponsor. I don't know. Okay. I, I'll have to see. Sounds good. I, I can get one for 39 cents at the, the dollar or a dollar, I guess, at the dollar store. Okay. I don't know. Does the okay. dollar store have anything for less than a dollar? But it's another different show. Okay. So, um, <laughs> oh, so John, since you brought up the fact that this is not a real Bigfoot, what has happened is that the real Bigfoot in Belgium have heard about the fact that there's a topless Bigfoot with her nipples out in this amusement park. And they caught a photo of one of the Bigfoots looking over the fence to catch a, a, a glimpse of this very sexy uh, Bigfoot. So there's here's Bigfoot peeking over the fence. And look at those oh. eyes. I mean, eyes are oh. bugging out of his head. Um, <laughs> I, I wish I had one of these when I lived in Texas because I had a wooden fence that would have been perfect for to to drive my neighbor crazy. Well, so anyways, this is it's, it's a photo of a cutout, Bigfoot cutout peeking over the fence. Excuse uh, me, he's transfixed. Obviously, look at that. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't you be John if you were a big? I mean, yeah, well, that's something you don't know, see every day. Let's put it that way. There you go. That's right. That's right. Better than a Bigfoot cocktail. That's what I say. Okay, so we love talking about world records on uh, on what in the world. So I've got a, 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 a at least one world record here. This one comes from Texas. Oh, I have two world records. This one comes from Texas. Forty-five year old man in Texas broke the Guinness World Record for the largest collection of video games. In the world, here's a picture of him. Uh, he began collecting. Wow. Yeah, began collecting when he was 10 years old with a Sega Genesis game, and now owns 2,000, 20, oh, 24, 
268 unique individual games valued at $2.1 million. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. What he, you know, they were interviewing him and, and they asked if he had any advice for kids or, or young adults who wanted to, to get into collecting. And he said, I just have one piece of advice that if you tell a lady that, you know, you have $2.1 million worth of video games, it's not a good pickup line. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're not yeah, interested at all. <laughs> so this guy. He, he holds the record for, the, not only does he hold the record for the largest total number, he also holds the record uh, for brand names. He holds the, has the largest collection of Xbox games, largest collection of Segas, largest collection of Nintendo, largest collection of PlayStation games, and the largest collection of video games overall. And they asked him again, and he said, no, that doesn't impress the women either. Um, here's the thing that I couldn't believe. They, they asked him, uh, you know, well, you know, how do you decide which one to play? And he says, I don't even play them anymore. He says, he says, he, he has so many of them now that he no longer plays video games. His hobby is collecting them and, um, um, and, and video game accessories. So he doesn't even bother playing them anymore, uh, which is not something you want to put in your dating profile that, that you, you don't even, you have, you have 24,000 video games, but you don't play them. You just collect them. You know what they say in the in the dating uh, world when somebody tells you that? They say, swipe. Uh, oh. and after, you know, you're gone. Bye-bye. You, Bye-bye. But, you know, if the young ladies are smart and figure out how much this is all worth, I mean, hook up with this guy and, you know, someday you may be a rich widow. Do you... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, maybe they'll fall on him. Is that what you're saying? While well, he, it looks like he's uh, maybe, the yeah. <laughs> okay, that's, uh, okay. <laughs> that's advice for the modern woman from Karen Hale. There we go. A little <laughs> new feature on what in the world. You uh, got it. Okay, so <laughs> now we we already had the uh, the Alexa toilet here. Here's another another gift for the person who has everything. Um, so this is for the person who has everything but a floating jacuzzi with a gas fireplace. If you know somebody who wants one of those, I've got one for you. It's called, here's a picture of it, the Spa Cruzy. Spa Cruzy. And it's a floating jacuzzi because it's it's made, uh, it, it's actually a boat and a spa. This one is in the shape of a kind of a spade type of uh, almost a heart. Um, it's filled with water, hot water, bubbling jacuzzi water. It also has a gas fireplace, which you can see the um, the chimney on it right there. Wow. Um, yeah, filled with lovely ladies and gentlemen. Um, meets all the government boating regulations, even though it's not a boat, and sells for the incredibly low price of $50,000. <clears throat> yeah. How about that, John? Are you in the market uh, for one of those? No, not me. That is a unique product there. Of course, that's that's uh, it's very unique. Um, yeah. And uh, for the cost, uh, that's a lot of money. I'll tell you what, if you got an extra two or three million more, you can buy the yacht um, that they can with right, you know, exactly. buy the whole yacht. Yeah. <laughs> The, uh, sadly, sadly, though, 
they were testing it. One of the earlier models, as they, as they were floating um, uh, in a big body of water, it accidentally ran into a boat filled with ice and beer and sank. So, you know, oh. Leo, Leo DiCaprio could do another movie based on that. But so, so friends of the show know that, and regular listeners know that we are in Northeast Ohio. There's a body of water just north of us called the called Lake Erie, and there's a river that flows into Lake Erie called the Cuyahoga River. Now, John and Karen, can you imagine floating in a spa cruisy down the Cuyahoga River towards Lake Erie? Does that appeal to either one of you? No. Karen, you answer first. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, no. Um, no? It, this is ridiculous. <laughs> for, for people i i think i have another photo of it by the way speaking of ridiculous so the, so here you can see the oh look at that one you wow can see the fireplace burning yeah and someone pointed out i put this on facebook and they pointed out that if it's a boat you're supposed to have life jackets on or life preservers they there is a life preserver hanging off the back so <laughs> i uh, see that yeah. right yeah my idea, John and Karen, and everybody out there who's familiar with the Cuyahoga River, is that this is the perfect boat for the Cuyahoga River. Because if the river ever catches on fire again, you can help put it out with by bailing the jacuzzi water into the flames. But they're they have a fire on the boat. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a mirror. You had to point that out. It's a mirror reality. You had to point that out. That's right, Karen. There it's. <laughs> the worst yep. thing is, um, uh, I, oh, okay, okay. So, so maybe not. So, <laughs> so you, so instead, you you keep going down the river into Lake Erie. Now, once you're in Lake Erie, you can drop a line out there, and you've got a place to keep your walleye fresh um, when after you catch them until you get back to the dock. How That's about true. That? That's true. Very in true. fact, it's hot water. You could you could cook them while you're there. <laughs> make, the, make some walleye stew. Um, wow. Anyways, so we'll move on from that. The okay. So this is for you, Karen. This is uh, I know you're you're a designated gym person here. Uh, sure. You've been, you've been to a gym before uh, sooner than any of the the rest of us have. So this is Australian bodybuilder Helmut Striebel holds the unofficial title of the world's most shredded man. So I take a look at Helmet here. There's Helmet right there. Oh. Uh, he's lifted weights for years and he's reduced his body fat to a mere 4%. So for those of you who can't see these four photos, he looks like a walking anatomy model. Yes. His muscles, his muscles are so well-defined that you can see every fiber of them um, bulging through his skin, almost as if he doesn't have skin. Um, he, that can't be healthy. Oh, they're real. They're okay. Can't be healthy. I know it's not healthy. Uh, his, his six pack, his six pack is so big. He gets stopped at stores because they think he's stealing beer. Uh -huh. but, uh -huh. You know, look at him. Look at it. So what he, he said that, that the hardest part is, is getting the down to the 4% the body fat. This guy, take a guess. How old do you think he is? Uh, 49. 49. Karen, yeah, I was, I was going to say in his 50s. Yeah. In his 50s. Uh, Karen, closer. He's 54 years old. 54 years old. Arnold Schwarzenegger saw this guy at the gym. He took one look at him and he says, uh, I won't be back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he can't compete with this guy. Wow. Uh, 
He I started agree. lifting weights, he says, when he says, when I was a skinny, what was I was a 12-year-old skinny weakling, which caused me to pause and think, when was the last time you saw a skinny 12-year-old? Um, but that, <laughs> that's a story for a different show. Um, now, would you put him on a box of Wheaties? I would hope not. John, how about you? You're the, you're probably a Wheaties eater. Uh, Wheaties are good. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if he would be that popular, to be honest with you. I don't, I don't think, think so. Popular. I don't no, think so. Okay. That, not Wheaties. Shredded wheat is interested, though. Uh, <laughs> okay, there you have. Okay. Also, also Captain Crunch because he's obviously done probably hundreds of thousands of crunches, right? Oops. Yeah. Now, since since I brought up Wheaties, let's do a little bit of Wheaties trivia here. I think I got my got my trivia warning here. Uh, first athlete on the box of Wheaties. Any any uh, guess on that one, John? Uh, I'll Jim give you a hint. Who? I'm Thor. Oh no! Good, good guess though. 1939 was when the first. Uh, How about uh, the guy who played Tarzan? Johnny Weissmiller, another good yeah. guess. Johnny Weissmiller was on Tar uh, on Weedy. So was Jim Thorpe in a in a tribute box. First, first player, first athlete ever on a on a Wheaties box was uh, Lou Gehrig. I think I have a picture. Oh. This, is, this is not the original, but that's a, uh, a picture of of Lou Gehrig on a uh, commemorative edition of Wheaties. Okay. Sure. First, now, when when Lou Gehrig was was uh, on the Wheaties box, the photos were either on the back of the box or on the side, so that you could use the front to advertise the flakes and to put up there the slogan, which is on the top of the photo: "Wheaties Breakfast of Champions." Uh, the first, then they decided they finally found an athlete who was worthy of being on the front of a Wheaties box. John, uh, this one, if if you don't get it. You'll be you, you'll you'll say you'll groan when you hear it. But who do you think was the first athlete on the front of a Wheaties box? Uh, this is a guess. Jim Ryan. Jim Ryan. OK, I was going to give you a hint that it was a, an Olympic athlete, uh, which Jim Ryan would. would Jim it, Ryan. Right. Yeah, actually, it was Bob Richards, whose name was oh. synonymous with Wheaties. Uh, for for quite a number of years, Bob Richards, Olympic pole vaulter, he was the only male to win the pole vault in two different Olympics. If I'm not uh, mistaken, Paul and Karen, wasn't he um, involved in television commercials in the '60s, advertising Wheaties? Yeah, that's why I said, you know, you would as soon as you heard, yeah, that's the guy. So sure. he was the first one to be on the front of a Wheaties box. First female on the front of a Wheaties box, Karen. Any any guess on that female athlete? Well, it wasn't me, so I don't remember. Oh, okay. Yeah. John? Chris Everett? Chris Everett, good guess. Mary Lou Retton, 1984, which is yeah. sad. So it's from 1937, 1939, when Lou Gehrig was on, until 1984, there was never a woman athlete wow. on the cover of Wheaties. Um, I, Frosted maybe would have been better. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, okay, Mo now, you can have your picture on a box of Wheaties more than once. I didn't realize that. Person who's had their picture on a box of Wheaties the most times, 18 times, uh, thinks Sports Illustrated. Who's been on Sports Illustrated more than just about anybody? Michael oh, Jordan. Michael Jordan? Okay. Yes. Okay. He's been on so many times, he has, a, he has one of the flakes named after him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of flakes, the flakiest athlete 
to ever be on a box of Wheaties? Venture to guess. I don't know who it is. Who? Dennis, uh, Dennis, Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman. Dennis, oh, Dennis, Dennis Rodman. Rodman. Oh, okay. Dennis Rodman, yes. Uh, oh, now here's one that uh, you know, <laughs> once in a while they put somebody on who's not an athlete, but whose um, who's physical abilities, let's say, are a direct result and a direct example of how good it is to eat Wheaties. Let's see. I think I have Mary Lou Retton here first. Oh, there's Bob Richards. Okay. He's on the front on this one. Um, I'm riding a bike, not doing the pole vault, which is, which is interesting. There's Mary Lou Retton. Okay. So this is, this is a person who's not an athlete, but can attribute their longevity to Wheaties. And that would be Keith Richards. How about that? <laughs> well, he does have longevity. Let's put it that way. It's his That's birthday. True. I think he's he was he just turned 250 years old. Yeah, right. <laughs> now, now, one more bit of trivia, and I didn't know this one. Uh, there was a promotion in 1937 sponsored by Wheaties. Wheaties uh, would advertise on the radio because they didn't have television back in those days. And because it was sports oriented, it would advertise on uh, during baseball games, during the broadcast of baseball games. So they held a promotion across the country uh, for the most popular Wheaties radio announcer in the country. Most popular Wheaties. So this is somebody who announces baseball games and also does Wheaties commercials. The winner in 1937, you'll never guess, I'm not even going to ask you, was Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan. He was what? back then. He was an he was an actor, right? Sure, he was a sportscaster. Yeah. Actually, this was before he was an actor. What he did, John, and you may not be aware of this. This was, but but you, I'm sure you're aware of the fact that um, uh, they they weren't always at the game. So what the announcers would do is they would tear pages off of the wire service um, reports, and they would recreate the game by reading the statistics uh, off of the paper. So he would he would do that for the Chicago Cubs. Um, he would he would read the transcriptions of what was going on, and then he would he would uh, you know fantasize and and make it sound better than it was. Those were the guys that used to have sound effects of the the sound of a bat and the crowd. Yeah, I'm uh, familiar with that actually. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I knew that, Paul. Wow. Last last bit of trivia, and this this blew me away because there's so many athletes associated with Wheaties. Wheaties is actually made from wheat and bran. Now. <laughs> I don't know if I want to be an athlete and be eating brand all the time. Uh, you know, pole vaulter, poor, poor Bob Richards, you know, <laughs> big bowl of Wheaties. He gets ready to run down. All of a sudden he's, he's yelling, Alexa, get the lid up. I'm coming in. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. All right. So while we're in the subject of food, hot new food out of Japan, uh, this hot new snack food, it's a bag of, wait, I'll, I'm going to, Oh, that's my, uh, uh, let's see where, I guess I don't, I, I know I have a photo of it someplace. Let's go through the robot here. Nope, I guess not. I had a photo of it. The um, um, almond, slivered almonds and dried fish, hot new snack item out of uh, Japan. It's called uh, almonds and dried fish. <laughs> <laughs> But I was thinking it's the perfect thing to put out on in a bowl at your Christmas party. And uh, all of a sudden people will be eating your fruitcake. So no. uh, I think, you know, but if if you're eating it in your spa cruzy while you're while you're floating down the Cuyahoga River, 
you need to put a cover on it because the catfish will be jumping in to eat the fish uh, for bait. And anyways, um, okay. So I want to show that the, the that last photo there. This is from the Max Planck Institute for Intelligent Systems. Smart people, you would think, with a name like that. Max Planck Institute for Intelligent Systems. What they've done is they've created a hugging robot. They call it the Huggybot. 3.0, which means it was a 2.0 and a 1.0. So this is an improvement over those two. Let's take a look at the improvement. There you go. So this is the world's first hugging robot. Uh, it's claimed it's the first fully autonomous human-sized hugging robot that recognizes and responds to the user's intra-hug gestures. So that means that if you hug it tighter, it will hug you tighter. If you hug it lower, that it will hug you lower, apparently. Uh, now, you know, I, I've, we've all gotten a lot of hugs in our day. Um, <laughs> if you ask me, it, it may be a good hug, but it doesn't send you a check for $10 at Christmas and on your birthday. That's the best hugger in everybody's book. Oh, uh, yeah, I would agree. Right? There you go. So it features a custom sensing system called the Huggy Chest which incorporates two infrared inflate two inflated chambers of polyvinyl chloride to imitate a soft chest. You pay extra and you send proof of your age, it will send you the limited edition Dolly Parton chest. Uh, but <laughs> the, this, here's here's a photo of a lady being hugged by Huggy 3.0. She looks like she's enjoying it, doesn't she? Huggy Huggy yeah. Huggy by 3.0. Now, here's a photo of, whoops, of Huggy Bot, who looks like he's enjoying hugging this lady <laughs> a little too much. <laughs> the, the, they, they also have, um, uh, oh, it also, it, it has, uh, it doesn't make any noise. They, th they, they touted this as a benefit. To me, if you're not moaning and groaning, you know, oh, oh, baby, oh, while you're while you're hugging, it's not worth it. So I I'm, I don't like it for that reason. Secondly, they have a European model which just does air hugs, which I you know. Oh I no, pay, no. I wouldn't pay a whole lot for that. Um, but yeah, so there's Huggybot really getting into it. I don't. I I suppose it's available for Christmas if you still haven't found a Christmas present for your friend who has. Have to get on Amazon. Have to get on Amazon and see. Oh, you better believe it. Yeah, you better believe it. I'd put a bit better face on it there too, but. Uh, so there you Amazon go. Amazon Prime, you'll have it tonight. I think, you know, the thing that bothers me the most, for those of you who can see the photo, is that it has socks on its on its arms, on its hands. Yeah. So it can't grow. I was going to bring that up. Why is that? I, I don't know. Maybe, it, you know what? Maybe, maybe it was a groper and they didn't have the technology. These smart people at Max Planck couldn't figure out how to stop the robot from groping while it was hugging. So they put these big, heavy woolen socks over the hands while the programmers are in the back, you know, peeing away, trying to uh, update the program so it doesn't doesn't grow. Maybe. That's, my, that's yeah. my explanation, and I'm sticking. Well, that's a plausible theory, Paul. That's plausible. plausible. Yeah. Oh, thanks, John. <laughs> okay. Well. Your check is in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. All right. So speaking of check being in the mail, um, and, and, and John Danalo, that means it's time. Uh, we, we've reached the end of the uh, weird story. So it's time for John's segment, What in the World of Sports with John Danalo. Uh, as my our good friend Dan, who is visiting us this week from South Carolina, regular listener of the show, pointed out, 
John always comes up with the weirdest, strangest uh, sports in response to my request to him to find the world's strangest and weirdest sports. This week, I had a special request, and that was to make it a Christmas-oriented or a seasonal, let's say, sport. And sure enough, John found a sport that is seasonal, uh, perfect for this time of the year. So, John, why don't you um, tell, tell us about the sport while I line up your first photo? That sounds good, Paul. Um, thank you. So, yes, our sport this week does have a Christmas or a uh, happy holiday theme. And again, it's actually a sport that you can sing about in a popular Christmas carol. Hmm. And it's the reindeer game is the carol. Oh, but, Rudolph. But the sport is reindeer racing. Reindeer racing. Oh, okay. okay. So that's a sport. Wow. It's, it's an actual sport and it's okay. a competitive and widely followed sport in the northern climes of Norway, Finland, and Russia. So picture harness racing. Okay. The jockeys are wearing speed suit and cross-country skis. The cart is an actual person, and the horse is a full-grown reindeer pulling the person on a fixed snowy course at speeds, ready for this, up to as much as 70, excuse me, up to 37 miles per hour. Wow. Wow. So, so here's a here's a here's a photo of one here for those of you watching us on YouTube. And it's a, it looks like the person is dressed like a skier. So so if, if the reindeer weren't in the picture, it would look like they're skiing. But right. but there's reindeer in the picture. They're they're running as fast as they possibly can in front of them. And the 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 person behind them are holding on with a rope, holding on for their dear life, it looks like. And how at how fast, John? It goes as as many or as much as 37 miles per hour. Wow. So think of a mile an hour. That's fast. Wow. That's, that's that's you know, think of that. Now, reindeer are called caribou in North America. Oh, yeah, that's right. And reindeer, and reindeer racing can be traced back to the Sami. Uh, the Sami are a native Scandinavian people. And they inhabit the far north of Norway, Sweden, Finland, and also the Kola Peninsula, Kola with a K, of Russia. And wow. the, Sami, the Sami use reindeer for transportation. They use reindeer for fur. They use reindeer for meat and also a source of cultural pride. Now, reindeer, the animal, they are notoriously difficult to domesticate and train for racing because they are skittish animals. That's mm, their yeah. right. So semi-wild reindeer are raised on farms for food, but some are particularly strong and fast specimens. And those are the actual reindeer that are chosen and bred for their racing abilities. So they're actually being uh, geared or I should say developed uh, so they can compete as competitors you know, in, in the sport. Oh, that's, now, that, that kind of information has got to be spread under, you know, spread amongst the reindeer. You know, if you don't want to get, if you don't want to end up as reindeer sausage, run right. really fast. So you wanna, <laughs> end, up, end up as a person, end up as an animal that can race. Don't end up yeah. as an animal. End up as, as here, the, the, the last two photos here showed people, uh, spectators lined up along the course. And yes. it looks like they have sponsors here. Each one has a, um, 
Uh, it looks like they have patches, like just like race car drivers with sponsors on them. So right. this, this looks like a big time sport. You it know, is a big time sport. You're and- making me feel very sad because you're telling me that reindeer are produced for food. That means somebody might eat Rudolph. That is possible, Karen. That is very- no, no. I'd rather see Rudolph, you know, run. You no, know, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I think Rudolph would be uh, if if Rudolph wasn't running, Rudolph would be at the starting line. You know, <laughs> that'd be a good thing then. Gentlemen, start your reindeer, and then the the light goes on, and <laughs> his know. nose goes off. You're right. <laughs> so, uh, so here here's start a reindeer. reindeer. Well, here's oh, a race. Go ahead, John. I'm sorry. That's no, okay, folks. So again, uh, here's you know there, here's a, an example of a race. Oh, so where do, where do they where do they race these reindeer? So the largest annual reindeer race takes place in Tormso, Norway, each Norway. February, is part of what they call the Sami National Day celebrations. Okay. Thousands of spectators watch reindeer racers race down a one and a quarter mile track. On Trump's uh, Trump's main avenue through the city, through the city wow. center, and this huh. is where stores, stores and banks are then closed for the day, in honor of the race. Now, wow. until <laughs> so they don't get run over. Well, sure. Yeah. The competition is organized as an elimination cup, starting with qualifying heats, where only the winners of each heat progresses through to the next round. The final at the end of the day decides the national champion of Norway. Now, there's also another circuit that is in Finland. And again, a major race on the circuit takes place. It's a 6.2 mile snow track in Levy, Finland. This one is between Finland's 51 breeding cooperatives competing to see which cooperative produces the strongest, excuse me, the strongest and fastest reindeer in their herds that year. So there are definitely money in this sport. Well, yeah, there's 51 separate groups, you know, that are training their reindeer to compete in it. Uh, Now, teams in Russia compete in reindeer races in what is called the Narayan Marmar, where the Olympic flame was uh, carried on a reindeer sled to the 2014 Winter Olympic Games that were held in Sochi, Russia, if you recall, a few years back. Hmm. Okay. In the U.S., the annual Iditarod dog sled race in Anchorage, Alaska, hosts a winter variation of Pamplona's Running of the Bulls. It's the Running of the Reindeer. Oh, no. People gather in heats. People gather in heats and sprint down a street pursued by a herd of charging reindeer, dodging the hooks and antlers as they run. Only in Alaska. Only in Alaska. (sighs) But... uh, any rate, so that just shows you the popularity of, of this sport, which is not well known, unfortunately. But if you ever meet a professional reindeer jockey, don't laugh and call him names. He knows far more reindeer games than you do. Ah, uh, you're right. <laughs> He's experienced good, John. Oh, experience the games. Yeah, it's kind of unique, isn't it? Carrying a ball and audience. Yeah. And- I never, never really uh, was familiar with this sport at all. I'll tell you what, this particular photo right here, this was my favorite. There's one, two, three, four, five uh, competitors here in this in this photo. So that's five reindeer running at full blast with five people being pulled behind. I, they, they could be females, could be males. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
looks like looks like it you know if you're into horse racing or anything like that it would definitely appeal to uh to to those who who enjoy that kind of sport um so i mean i i thought i you know very unusual sport very unusual sport i didn't think that um you know i i thought about it john and i thought yeah i don't think i don't think you and i have ever been that close to reindeer I don't think so. <laughs> it's <Right. safe> to <laughs> and yet, and yet, you know, I was going through my old photo album and I found a couple of pictures of us participating in something very similar to this back when we were in college. Um, I don't know if you remember, but we, we thought about, we found to just some regular deer, I guess they were, and we wanted to, to have, uh, get pulled by the deer. Um, and we made the mistake of thinking that, or maybe the deer would be more cooperative if we dressed up like Santa Claus. So, so that's what we attempted to do. We got, we rented a couple of Santa Claus outfits. We found some deer and we attempted to get pulled by the deer. So here's a picture of me attempting to be pulled by the deer. Um, this deer is not cooperating with me at all. Uh, That's skittish. The, the, again, the you know, the, or the deer or reindeer is a, they're skittish animals. So there's that. That's right. That was a, I'm in a dangerous position right here, dressed as Santa Claus, trying to pull a, a very horned reindeer. John, on the other hand, is always the wise one of the bunch. So he realized right away that um, that that you shouldn't be riding behind it. Uh, you should be riding on it. And unfortunately, I don't have a photo, but one of our fraternity brothers was kind enough to draw John on top of a reindeer <laughs> reindeer disguised as a moose um oh. and, and and as always john john it, as befitting of our fraternity had a big mug of beer in his hand as he's driving the reindeer off into it's a nice field. rendering actually i would say <laughs> it's a nice rendering <laughs> there you go all right so that's our uh, our holiday sports segment for the week reindeer racing from john Danalo. thanks as always john for another great sport uh, you're welcome, Paul. Thank you. Okay, Thank you. so we have our last sport of the of the year, and that is Bluff the Co-host, everybody's favorite weird news game. Uh, for those of you who haven't uh, played before, it's real simple. I have three stories similar to the ones I've been telling all, all week or all, all afternoon. One big difference. Those stories were true. These may be true. They may be a bluff. It's up to Karen, John, and you playing at home to figure them figure them out. Uh, betting is allowed, so uh, place your bets. Karen and John, hands on your buzzers, and let's get right to story number one. Fans of the beloved 80s TV show, ALF, have had no luck getting any networks to bring the show back, so they're trying a different approach. Just in time for the holidays, an ALF fan club is selling a limited edition ALF on a shelf to help bring it back. Each box comes with the actual home address of a Hollywood, Hollywood producer and instructions on how to mail the elf on a shelf to them. The hope is that the producer will use it instead of an elf on the shelf, and the elf on the shelf will remind them of the show. And maybe they'll talk to Santa or the head of the studio about getting elf off the shelf and back on TV. <laughs> All right, Karen and John, elf on a shelf to help bring the show Alf back from the TV graveyard. What do you say? Real or bluff? Well, you know, it's, it sounds like a great idea, you know, but I don't know who it's great for. So therefore I'm going to say it's a bluff. Okay. Karen says it's a bluff. John, how about you? 
have a similar view to Karen's. Uh, I think it's a bluff also because I just think it's too far of a reach for that to reach these producers. Uh, there's logic speaking again, but that's the way I see it. Okay. So, uh, All right. So John, John and Karen both say that the elf on the shelf is a bluff. Let's check with the judges. And the judges say, congratulations to both of you. That is a bluff. That's on the right foot here. That's good. We're getting yeah. smarter. That's right. Let's, As time goes on. It's going to take us all this time. All right. So let's not get too excited because we still have to have two more questions to go. Two more <laughs> questions to go Anything can happen. All right. So let's get started with story two. If you haven't yet found a Christmas gift for your wine-loving friend who has everything, including all the best wines, stop whining and buy him or her a weekend in the world's largest wine bottle. It's an Airbnb that looks exactly like a wine bottle on the outside. However, the inside has three bedrooms, a dining room, and a beautiful view from its mountaintop location. The 28-foot-long bottle glows red at night, so make sure you order beef from room service. And bring your own wine because it's not on the menu. So no one has too much and tries to remove the cork from the inside. Okay, so the Airbnb that is also the world's largest wine bottle. What do you say, John and Karen? Real or bluff? We'll start with John this time. Wow, this is kind of interesting. Um, you know, I'm going to say it's real. Um, it seems like it's spacious the way you described it. Now, the question is, how do they make a bottle that big? So... I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it's real. I'm going to say it's, uh, it's, it, it's not a bluff. I'm going to say it's real. Okay. Would you stay there? You know, just from the unique aspect of it, I think I would. Ah, okay. It's real. Uh, Karen, how about you? It sounds too real to be true, but I'm going to go with real. Okay. So Karen says it's also true. And, and <laughs> would, I'll, I'll ask you if you would stay in it too, but... I'm guessing you'd be afraid it would roll down the hill. Yeah, it probably would, yeah. <laughs> okay, so Karen says it's real. John says it's real. Let's check with the judges. And the judges say, book your rooms now. That's a real uh, place to stay. It's in India, of all places. Wow, okay, uh, Karen, way to go. And I, and I, I think I've seen a picture of it, and that's... Wow, oh, wow. okay. okay. Ah, great, well, it pays to, be, pays to pay attention when you're surfing the internet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Getting ready to play bluff the co-host. Okay, so let's see. The score is two to two. Wow, that doesn't happen very often. That means that uh, this is it right here uh, for all the marbles. That's all we can afford. We'll get right to story number three. A man in the U.S. with a long beard and too much time on his hands has broken his own Guinness World Record by hanging 710 Christmas ornaments from his beard. Each ornament must be hooked to hair and not to another ornament and stay on without falling off until the last one is hung. He says the ornaments weigh a total of five pounds, but that's nothing compared to his other records, which include most golf tees in a beard, most forks in a beard, and most chopsticks in a beard. It took two and a half hours to hang the 710 ornaments, an hour to take them off, and a whole day to get the song Old Christmas Tree out of his head. <laughs> okay, so the man who holds the record for the most Christmas ornaments 
hanging from his beard at 710. Real or bluff? What do you say, Karen? I have to say it's real because, again, I think I've seen this picture. <laughs> oh, man. I need to talk to the research department here or, or cut off your internet time. Okay. Yeah, cut off my real. internet time. All right. How about John? What do you say, John? Real or bluff? You know, I think it's a bluff because, I mean, how big can this, this person's beard be to have 700? Like, what would the size of these ornaments be? I mean, are they miniatures? And even if they're miniatures, no, it's it's got to be a bluff. It's got to be a bluff. Okay. All right. So John says it's a bluff. Karen says it's real. Um, John John's logic is that the, you can't have 710 of anything hanging from a beard. Uh, at least not my beard, I would say. But okay. <laughs> so let's check with the judges. Karen says it's real. John says it's a bluff. Judges say, guess what? We end the year with Karen winning. That was definitely a bluff. Oh, Karen, congratulations to you. Real story. Yep. And, wow. and John, they are little bulbs. They're little, little. And, uh, John, you got to be on the internet more. I guess I should. <laughs> wait, wait a second. How long is this person's beard? I mean, can you give me a rough idea? You know what? He, he had no photo. The, the, the ornaments themselves reached to well below, almost to his stomach. Really? So I'm going to guess that his, his beard was at least, well, had to be that long because because the rule was they had to be hooked directly to his hair. They could not right. take, daisy chain them. Right. Uh, wow. Off of it. And, yeah. so, and, just, and he, does, <laughs> he does it every year. Every year he adds more to it. So every year he breaks his own record. Uh, any, any rough ideas to how long he's been growing this beard? Any no, idea? no, no, I was already too bored with the story by by that point. So. Well, and, <laughs> and if you go out on the internet, this is a big thing that men do for Christmas. Oh, really? Yeah, it's popular. Really? Okay. Yeah, they really? sell don't ornaments go, and lights and tinsel. Don't go giving my grandnieces and nephews <laughs> any ideas. I am not doing that, Karen. <laughs> We're going to put them on your beard. Yeah, sure. We'll be editing this out. <laughs> That's great. Come on now. That's all right. Hey. Wow. Yeah. Really? Wow. That's amazing. I, I haven't seen that, but uh, I don't get out much and I'm never on the internet. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, that's a tall tale. Yeah, that's a tall tale right there. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and I just lied enough times that Santa Claus moved me to the naughty list. So. Yes, he surely <laughs> did. Absolutely. The wrong side there. Well, we've reached not only the end of another edition of What in the World, but also the end of 2022. Um, so I want to thank, I want to really, from the bottom of my heart, thank Karen Hale, our producer, media mogul, and co-host on, New Cleveland, on What in the World. Media mogul at nuclearradio.net. Karen, thank you for a year's worth of all the things that you do for us at, at What in the World. Absolutely. Uh, we couldn't do it without you. And, uh, and and I hope you enjoy your holidays as well. Uh, as Adam Sandler says, we only get, we get one day, you get eight crazy nights. So Yes, uh, we do. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, I'll thank my old friend, John Dinalo. Um, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you and your lovely wife. And um, uh, and I will offer the same to everybody out there who's tuned in, uh, all of our uh, mutual friends and, uh, you know, new friends, friends around the world. Uh, thank you so much for being fans of, of uh, What in the World for the year 2022. We will be back in 2023 on the first Tuesday of the new year. Uh, I know John's hoping that I have some better Bigfoot photos. Maybe, John, maybe you should ask Santa for that. 
You know what? I can possibly, uh, in fact, I'll, I'll ask him to see if he might be able to provide something that will finally bring this to rest and finally give me some peace of mind, okay, that Bigfoot does exist. Please let me know when you do that, because I want to meet the Santa that lets you sit on his lap. That's uh... I don't think you know, I'm not saying he's going to let me do that, but I'm going to ask I'm going to make some kind of request. I'll have to make some kind of plea to him anyway. Say, hey, help me out here. There you go. There you go. All right. Very good. On that note, I think we'll sign off for What in the World for 2022. Thanks again for everybody tuning in and we'll see you next year. We will.